Thanks very much for all your downloading, subscribing and reviewing of Where Did It All Go Right. I'm Ali Jones and what we're trying to do is get to speak to lots of interesting people who do creative jobs and find out how they got to do what they love. Maybe it will inspire you. Maybe it'll just tell you about a career you didn't know a huge amount about. We hope it's interesting because all our guests have some great stories. So whether you're listening on the commute, doing chores, doing a bit of exercise, well done, whatever, enjoy. My next guest on Where Did It All Go Right runs the hugely successful blog turned empire, Muddy Stilettos, which tells everyone the best things to do in their area, plus the best beauty, fashion, anything that the team really think you should know about. The Muddy brand is now in 20 counties, and the woman behind it, Hero Brown, has just made it onto the Daily Mail 50 Most Powerful Women list. So we thought we should talk to her. How do you feel? How powerful do you feel, Hero? I feel so powerful. (laughs) I want the red carpet. I want everything. (laughs) I feel exactly like I did before. Just a little bit shell-shocked, frankly. Was it a bit strange? You got a call and... It was really strange. And it was actually, it was an email. And I looked at the email for about five minutes and kept going, what? 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 So how long ago did you start all this? 2012, really. um, But very much as a kind of part-time fun thing, because I was still commuting into London at the time. So yeah. when you started that, did you ever think, right, now I'm going to have, because we're sitting in your lovely offices in Wheatley, I'm going to have this empire, I'm going to be on the 50 most powerful oh women's list. Did you ever think that? No, no, <laughs> of course not. The one thing I did always think is that when I, as soon as I had the idea, I just, I just had this weird tingle, like you sometimes do. I just thought, oh, that's, that's quite good. And then I was absolutely bonkers about it from the off it was almost it was an absolute addiction I just loved it and I loved the whole idea of it and I always thought it could have legs but you just you don't know do you till you try these things and what gave you the idea in the first place because people weren't really writing blogs in 2012 or were they but just not they were in London okay. I think but... <laughs> in the shires we're a bit behind <laughs> it was quite hard to explain what I was trying to do I nobody knew what a blog was I remember that and so nobody knew what it was but um no I think the idea with it really was just and maybe a lot of good ideas come about this way is just it was from personal need so you know I came from Islington came to rural Buckinghamshire with three children and really didn't know where to go what to do couldn't find anything that really interested me in the local papers and things and so but I was convinced I had to do something I was going crazy so I thought right I'm going to find some stuff and if I'm interested maybe other people you know in the same situation would be as well I think you're right if you love it and have passionate about it, that, that's half the battle, isn't it? Oh my god, I think it's stubbornness is the absolute. <laughs> if people quite often ask me, you know, what's you know, why do you think it's become successful? It literally is. I just bored people for years at parties, going, "Have a look at Muddy Stiletto. Not heard of Muddy Stilettos? It's amazing." And you could just see people glazing over. Have you always been quite a stubborn person, then? Very stubborn, very competitive. Uh, they're not. <laughs> they're not great traits in many walks of life, or even at home. But I think in business they're really important because you just it's not always an upward trajectory it's Mm. been quite hard at times and for the first two years I didn't make any money at all just literally going on a dream really just hoping that it was going to turn a corner and I could see that people loved it but that's a different thing to making money if we go back to go back to the beginning though you know you went to uni you went to Oxford didn't you I did. And did you always want to be a journalist? No, I went right the way through Oxford not knowing what I wanted to do. I barely read newspapers at the time, actually. It's all quite embarrassing when I look back. I was just looking for jobs to do. And in fact, I was waiting. I was going to go back to New Zealand, travelling. And Western Mail, which is the national Welsh paper, I pitched an idea to them and got a big sort of double-page spread and everything. And I thought, oh, that's quite good. I could do Because I did an English degree. 
And when I ended up in New Zealand, there was a job, a youth culture magazine out there, quite a cool one, called Pavement. And I was an editorial assistant, and then it just sort of went from there, really. Do you think you could have done it without going to university and and studying English? Well, I think now, I mean, when people come to me, I don't really look at that stuff. I look at their writing first and foremost. I look at they've got energy, ambition. I think a lot of it is personality now and charm and just kind of... You know, working hard, that's not a given, actually, with a lot of people who come and intern. So that kind of stuff is important. But I think maybe, if I'm honest, for me at the time, I think I got my first job at the Independent on Sunday. The lady who gave me the job had been to Cambridge. I think sometimes... That did open a few doors. I think it did initially, that that one job. Yeah. Did you get quite a kick as well when you get sort of, you pitch something and then you, you get your sort of first gig? I find that with my work, if you kind of get a gig, you're like, yes! And it kind of inspires you to, to get the next job. Definitely. Well, it's fun, isn't it, to be... I mean, you know, when you're 20 years old or whatever it is, 21 years old, and you've managed to pitch an idea to the local paper. Yes, no, it was fantastic. And it did make me think, oh, that's, that was quite fun. So working at the Indie, so that was one of your jobs, but you've worked on loads and loads of glosses. So what was your kind of path? How did you get from one to the other? Well, the first job I took actually in the UK was a, just a film industry mag. And that, I, that well, here's a, here's a stubborn thing. So I was thinking, oh my God, I've got to get this job because it, it was really hard to get a job coming back from New Zealand. So I basically, in the olden days, when you could fax things, <laughs> I was literally, every day I faxed them something saying, I'm the best, choose me. Don't give the job to anyone else every day. They, oh, they must have been just thinking. annoying. Oh, really annoying. It could have gone one way or the other, but I just thought, well, you know what? Because I need the job. I think they said, can you speak French and German? I said, yes, and I can't. Can so you? stubborn and a liar. <laughs> yeah. All great qualities. Um, so that was that. And yes, then, and then I sort of went to a company onto the indie red magazine and then obviously do lots of freelancing from there. Is it as ridiculously glamorous as it looks? It's totally unglamorous. Is it? In, when you're in it. Absolutely it is. It's just working like in any other office. I mean, you do get some nice things. Obviously, people are quite well dressed. You can have a rummage in the fashion cupboard. You get a makeover every so often. Yeah, you get a makeover. You get to be in the magazine. So that's all fun. But then it's just like any other job it really is I, I found an old article that you'd written posing naked quite quite a while ago mm. there were no pictures in fact there was an ad for a beef burger halfway through the piece I thought this is a bit weird um, but did you have ever have to do things that you didn't want to do because I imagine now you're doing stuff that everything you're in control of what you do yes I mean obviously posing naked for a painting is a bit weird but she was a female painter that helped so that Whose was idea was this? Was it your idea or was it... No, it was my editor's idea. Yeah, okay. Because there was this whole thing at the time about portraiture being quite democratised. You know, it used to be this obviously rarefied, you know, only the sort of aristocracy could do it. But now any old, any old person could do it. So they sent me along. So that was slightly uncomfortable. But I do have that painting now. Do you? Yeah, my mum bought it for me. Aww. It was very sweet of her. So take us through the, the time then. So you've worked on the glosses, you've freelanced, you've done jobs that you weren't in control of. So when did you decide... Was it the kids, having the kids, I want out, I'm going I'm to make a change? I think so. And I think when you've just been in a job for so long, so lots of people are like this, you kind of think, oh, do you know what? Just sometimes a change is good, isn't it? I mean, I was doing very well freelancing from Buckingham Show, so I had lots of kind of regular, regular sort of gigs. And had you got your kids at this point? Yes, yeah, so I had my kids, so I was sort of working from home. I was going less into London. You know, you should be in there meeting the editors and you know schmoozing I suppose and once you've had a couple of kids it's as much as you can do to put a shirt on that's not got <laughs> dribble down the front of it isn't it so I just I kind of just lost heart with it really it's not quite so easy though is it doing it from afar no I just think and also I just the boredom I think after a while of writing the same stuff that you in a dis- with a slightly different head on it you know that you've done three times before mm. just like in any job I think I just 
probably deep down was thinking, oh, I've just had enough. In fact, what, what did happen was I, I did one fantastic feature for Marie Claire where they sent me off to the Asturias Mountains to go and watch It people. is glamorous. <laughs> I thought you said it wasn't glamorous at that all. Was, it's quite rare. But the good thing, amazing thing about that was they sent me to look at all these people who are having a midlife crisis and I was supposed to be sort of reporting on it really and looking at it. But of course, when I got there, I realised I was having my own midlife crisis and I was just like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. I want to be a writer. I want to write a novel. And so I did do that a little bit. And before I kind of thought that muddy and then off I went. Did you start a novel then? I did. I've done, I think it's four chapters in a synopsis. So that's going to be something that's going to happen in the future? Are you going to go back to it? Well, it's still kind of relevant. I did like it at the time. I think my novel writing needs a lot of finessing. I think it's not as easy as it looks. And when you talk about, you know, you had this, this gig at Marie Claire and you did all these different projects with lots of other magazines, if anyone is listening and they think, I just want to get something I've written in a glossy magazine, how do you go about that? It's definitely meeting people. I think, I mean, it's kind of become out of fashion and a bit, you know, but work experience and interning is, I think, the best way because it allows people, in fact, I've employed, my intern became my employee, because it allows you as an employer to kind of really check someone out, throw stuff at them, see how, you know, ambitious and how hardworking they are, how they fit into a team. I mean, I think now, if I was starting out, I probably would be doing my own blog. But the thing with the blog is to try to really think about an idea that is original. Because, of course, there are gazillions of beauty blogs, there are gazillions of fashion blogs. What makes yours different? And then, obviously, showcase your writing. And then the other thing I would say, I've always been quite keen on this. And if you can't get through to somebody, you have to be quite inventive, I think. So, you know, send them some biscuits or, or um, you know. Have you done that? I might have done that once as well. <laughs> You've just got to get under someone's nose and then they can make the decision. The problem is actually getting under their nose, isn't yeah, it? So, yeah, biscuits yeah. or something stronger. Anything. Bribery. Well, is it bribery? <laughs> <laughs> the thing with doing experience, because I remember I worked at a radio station for free for too long. But it's being keen, but it's not being taken for a ride, isn't definitely, it? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that, and that was, that's really wrong, isn't it? If you're kind of stuck, you know, six months or nine months in and you're not getting paid, that's just, yeah. I think that's criminal, isn't it? But I think but was, a couple of weeks, yeah. you know, I think a couple of weeks work experience, I think still stands you in good stead, you know. And also, it is actually, in some ways, like you say, write a blog, it's easier in some ways because you can get on the internet get stuff out there people can see it whereas before mm. it well you couldn't do that could you definitely and of course you've got the whole social thing so social is your friend isn't it if you want to be sort of pushing things out and you know, people do follow you if you're doing something interesting I think for me it always always comes back to the idea I've done quite a few talks on you know top 10 tips for bloggers or whatever that is but the the most important one is to have a unique perspective and if you have the idea that everything else will follow and it did in two years though <laughs> did you find after those because you've got small children you're kind of working for nothing. I know you're passionate about it, but were there times you just thought, oh, this is just too difficult. I'm going to go back and write another article for Marie Claire. Oh, well, I suppose I, I was in the first couple of years still doing little bits of freelancing. So I kind of, like, in my head, I was obviously still earning money, but kind of was always wanted to be moving over to Muddy. And it was just a question of the balance of when that would kind of tip. I've always been absolutely obsessed with it. I can't even tell you, you know, I could wake up in the morning and just, oh, I've just got to change that or change a picture. And maybe just because of my background as an editor, it just, that's something that I enjoy doing anyway. And just, and also just sharing new knowledge, like new fun. If I've heard of something, like I've found something today, actually, really cool pop-up in a, like it's in a cellar somewhere. It just looks really groovy. So I'm really looking forward to putting it out on the site. 
quite a long long hour some days isn't it I mean I know yeah. I've spoken to you when it's been like the holidays and the kids are trying to oh. but because you love doing it it's not so difficult is no, it? No I don't think so but I think anyone who runs their own business you have to be prepared to work seven days a week really I mean I do I, I think if you totted up my hourly rate I'm well under the minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> when you started how many readers do you think you had to start with and tell us how that's grown? I mean obviously zero when I first put it out. I'm sure your husband read it. <laughs> That's one. Yes, I probably got five straight from the off. (laughs) Um, But even good friends is the really weird thing because you say, oh, you're going to sign up to my blog, won't you? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, everyone is so busy in their own work. They're just like, oh, they just forget. So it was much harder initially. So how long in did it start to gain momentum? By the time those two years had passed, I had 10,000 readers. That's incredible. So at that point, I knew that I was competing with local media. So I thought, yeah, okay, well, that's the time. So I redid the website and off we went. So we're now we're over 20 counties, so we're across the network with 225,000 subscribers. Wow. Yes. Wow. Did you ever point think, oh, this is too much, this is a bit scary, I think I'll just keep it to myself? <laughs> I've thought that so many times. I mean, I think it all the time as well now, because, but you've, once you start on it, you can't sort of... You can't <laughs> stop. You've just got to ride this sucker right the way to the finish line. I don't know when I'm going to come first or last, but yeah, no, you're just, you're on it now. And so every time, and I'm always, I've got loads of ideas. So that's the interesting thing for me, always trying to do the next kind of interesting thing. And you're very clear about your ethos, aren't you? You only feature things that you love. and you, Definitely. And you, you're not going to, if you don't like something, you're not going to write about it. No, I really believe that strongly because I think, well, also the thing with Muddy is we are working in communities. We're in a, we're in a county and, you know, if you go to a pub and let's say the chef was ill and, you know, they struggled for two staff that night, you, you can't, I don't think you should write a really nasty review based on that because it's just that they just had a bad night. But on the other hand, we're honest. So what we always say is, it's not an advertorial on Muddy because we're there to help. So we want to say, yes, this place is going to be amazing for you because it's, a you know, your mother's 60th and she's going to feel like a print, you know, she's going to feel amazing. But it's not for you because you've got young kids who can't behave and they're going to blow their nose on the, on the tablecloth. <laughs> so, you know, there's always something for somebody. Yeah. But we are honest. And yes, if it's a really terrible experience, my view is just that we just won't run it on Muddy and I would go and tell the business privately because I think they deserve a chance to kind of make it right. So the whole thing of Muddy is it celebrates the brilliant. It's very positive, though. Yeah, definitely. Well, don't you think? It's like life is hard enough for people. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? We're all scrabbling around. I've got three children. Half the time I'm picking them up late or I forget their lunch boxes. You know, I drop stuff left, right and centre. And I think actually what people want from Muddy is a steer on let's have a good time and and help them to sort of make the most of their free time. Do Do you ever look back and you think, Okay, if I hadn't done this and I'd stuck with doing what I was doing, how would you have felt about how working in the magazine industry now? Do you think you'd have? Do you think you'd have left? Oh my gosh, it's so hard now. So even when I left, there was no money, and things that we had spiked from the um, magazine that weren't good enough from writers, freelance writers, we were being told to kind of look at again, and they were trying to save money. And so yeah, it's really different. It was quite fun in terms of you know having an expense account and you know going obviously taking out people for lunch. That sort of thing does not happen very much anymore. It is a hard industry. I mean, I mean, I still, I think probably if I went to be a magazine editor again now, I'd probably be a much better editor because I think I've had to juggle so much more, you know, obviously with all these different magazines and everything else. But Being a magazine editor, it's, it's a, a long, long day. I mean, I know you're saying here you're working seven days a week, but it's, 
your time when you want to do it. Definitely. That must be a huge thing that now you are in control of your time. Whereas if you were a magazine editor in London, you wouldn't really see your family. No. I mean, that was obviously one of the big reasons to kind of start your own business, you know, out where you are. And I mean, I've, I've worked harder now than I ever did. But, you know, for example, tomorrow I'm going to, to go watch my son being Romeo. Romeo and Juliet is only, he's only nine. He's <laughs> dreading it. He's dreading the bit where he has to put a gummy bear on his finger and ask her to marry him. Or <laughs> um, eat it. <laughs> He was suggesting that this morning. (laughs) I can dip out to do that. And it's not always easy, but I think I prefer it this way. I mean, you have a great team here, but are there certain people that you think, oh, a bit stuck here. I'm going to ring them up. Mentors, I suppose. (laughs) My husband's brilliant. So he's in advertising and he's, he's a strategist. So he knows all about brands and business. So we have, I mean, support stroke argument partner. We have a lot of arguments about it over the years. But he has been positive argument yeah definitely and he's definitely pushed me when I can't probably it would have happened a lot slower had it not been for him just told you to get on with it (laughs) exactly and then I do actually have a business mentor now who I employed to kind of help me to because actually the business side of it isn't my natural Mm. thing you know I'm much happier writing ideas the visual stuff I love all that stuff but actually you know looking at a spreadsheet and um, profit and loss is quite boring I find go over my head (laughs) So do you think that these people have helped you? Because there must be times maybe when you thought, oh, I might just want to jack it in and just go and have a week off. <laughs> well, I always think that I'd like to have a week off. I think, don't think that's ever going to change, but I've never thought that I want to jack it in, no. ever. It's like a part of me. I, I, I sometimes think what it would be like not to have Muddy. I mean, I suppose in some ways it'd be quite a release because you could just go and do something, I would go and do something completely different again. But it's so much a part of me that I, I feel quite bereft, I think. So looking back, what do you think have been the big turning points for you? I mean, it must have been that, that moment of having the... The eureka moment. The eureka moment. <laughs> do you remember where you were? I was just at home. I think I just put one of the children to bed. Okay. And my husband had been talking about a client that they had pitched something for and it was all about or trying to talk to people more locally and he was talking to me about it and I said oh god I should do that I'd love I would love that and it was just that sort of that that very moment and then I just absolutely went and thought right what am I going to call it (laughs) and that didn't take long no literally two lines so I was thinking urban countryside so I had stilettos mud you know and I guess the big moments were when the, the website launched and the design done quite a few redesigns on many so the first one when I look back actually because it was a free wordpress site it was about as basic as it got and my first logo was terrible because actually the background was brown for mud <laughs> so that was like actually looked quite disgusting and then we sort of improved it and improved it again actually probably the best moment I think was last year when we absolutely redesigned it all again and now it's got a sort of more of a graffiti sort of yeah very energetic kind of feel to it and I love the look of it now so yeah. I'm quite proud of that one that was a big moment, but obviously branching out into all these different... Taking over the yeah, whole country. Well, that's quite scary, because each time... It, I think we did nine the first time, and then nine two years ago. And actually, yes, when we suddenly were in all of the counties, I just I had a, a very proud moment, followed by a sort of slight panic attack. <laughs> do you think, looking back, you would have done this at all if you hadn't done the magazine career? But do you think the magazine career helped you to, to where you are now? Yes, definitely. Because it just, obviously, you know, if you're doing it for 20 years, you're writing stories, you're thinking how you're coming across, what you know, who you're talking to, really importantly. I think that's one thing that I've always been really, really keen on, is the site is not about me. Muddy Stilettos isn't about me, and it never has been. It's always been about how to help the reader. And the way that we do that is because, obviously, you talk as the first person. There's a very, you, you need to sort of, talk about yourself a little Mm. but it's always about them that's the most important thing for me so you've got to have a great idea you've got to be flipping stubborn you've got to send biscuits I'm just trying to think of all your advice and you've got to be completely passionate about it and work 
your butt off definitely <laughs> yes yeah what next for muddy i mean what's is it all top secret or can you Ooh, well well obviously there's some more counties that we'd like to go into there's probably about another 13 counties we think yeah the other thing we do i'm really excited about is i want to do muddy stilettos live a bit like stylist live tell me more it probably would be in Oxford-ish because it's kind of the central to where all the muddies are and obviously where we are, HQ. Fashion, beauty, shopping, probably some talks. We've done some literary oh, festivals see, and stuff. This is like like clothes show live that I used to go to. Exactly, And yeah. I so miss that. I think that's a brilliant idea. It'd be fun, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And just bring it to life, you know what yeah. I mean? I, I mean, I love that. So it's They're quite nerve-wracking. I mean, obviously, I've not done anything that size, but even doing literary festivals and things like that. Because that's something that, you, that you've done quite recently, isn't We've it? We've done a couple. So we did Hen- We were part of Henley Literary Festival, and then before that, we were tamed. So we're sort of hopping around. as a little bit of a you know peripatetic kind of thing. But it's really nice to meet people, and I think that it's quite nice to bring the brand to life. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's my big thing, but I'm, I am quite scared about that too. You've done things before that made you scared. It'd be fine. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> of course you will. Stubborn, stubborn, biscuit woman. I forgot to ask you this. Something I'm terrible at is a lot of people put themselves in for awards and, and that kind of thing. And you've done loads of awards, blogs, 2017 blog of the year or runner up. I get, mm, I get. We're most, well, we're innovative blog of the year. We have top three arts and culture blogs in 2017 yeah is that something that you really have to push if you're trying to launch something that's new i think you have to i mean actually i must say the first thing i ever did was that little dorset serial award <laughs> and i say so literally it was just right what, at the beginning what, what is that you know dorset serials it's like the brand like yeah and so they had a little i think it was called the little blog award or something like that okay and so i thought it had something to do with writing a book oh cereal. no oh no nothing no literally serial cereal. in the morning <laughs> And it was the Little Blog Award, and I think I've entered that because I just wanted to say that I could win an award, and actually I got beaten by a 12-year-old called Perdita. Or Perdita, I don't know how you say it. Um, so that was really annoying. And then I, but I remember writers going, I was writing it on the site going, right, this is ridiculous, I've been beaten by a 12-year-old called Perdita, I've got to go into it again, someone vote for me. And then I did win my Little Blog Award. So yes, it's always worth entering, even the little ones. So obviously your personality has really helped you, we, we understand that, but if anyone is just... They're at home, they're desperate to do this sort of thing and maybe they're not feeling as confident. What's your main advice that you'd give someone? Well, I just think go for it, you know what I mean? Don't overthink it. I was talking to someone the other day who was going to do a podcast. She was a bit nervous to sort of put herself on the internet. Mm. Not the actual podcast, but actually do her website. And there was something about pressing that button. I just just said, just press the button. (laughs) I'll do it for you. Nothing's going to happen, you know what I mean? And and you just have to do it by learning, don't you? Just get out there, make some mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes and still do. And there's no point in sitting there thinking about it. Just get on with it. Failure. I think there's nothing, there's no such, I would love this little quote that I always say to my children, you know, to be creative is to be a success, isn't it? You've got to, if you just go and do it, Mm. you've already, you've already been a success because at least you've done it. You're failing if you don't do it. Hero, thank you so much. It's been inspirational and, and, you know, continued success with everything you do. I'm sure it will be huge. Millions of subscribers in the future. (laughs) If it is millions of subscribers, I'll see you in Barbados. But I'm not holding out. (laughs) Thank you, Hero. And we'll be back with a brand new episode of Where Did It All Go Right next week. If you'd like to give us a five-star rating, we would love you forever. Tell your friends and uh, subscribe too. You can follow us on Twitter at at WhereGoRight and see you next week. Thanks for listening.